you. Welcome, lunatics. Wow, what a um, listen. It's pretty much par for the course that this is going to be a technological clusterfuck from from the word go, but it's working. I, I see liveness on TikTok. I see live on YouTube, um, and and I see live. Uh, let's see here, you on YouTube. Yep. <clears throat> Making me watch an ad on my own damn channel. Yep, and it's live there too. Hot damn. Okay. All right. So I need to close that and go here. There we go. All right. So I can see some comments there, and I can see some comments there. And who knows if probably nobody knows we're live on Twitter right now. So, but we are. So if you want to, we are a full service opportunity uh, outfit here. Um, we're 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 live everywhere uh that that you can imagine being live we're here incredible <laughs> i'm trying something so does on. that mean we're so if before we were how do what what your what term did i use tri casting or what was i yeah, i think before? you said trimal casting trimal casting so now we quad quadruple casting now yeah quadmal casting yeah something like that quad casting something, something like that <sighs> Anyway, so I'm I'm trying something new with TikTok. This video thing is supposed to show me when I'm talking and show you when you're talking. So we'll see if Some, that somebody's saying I have terrible audio, audio really bad in TikTok. Huh. Oh, you know what? And that's from Mr. Rock. The Rock, the Rock came up to West Virginia last weekend and worked his little ass off. I can tell you that. One, two. <laughs> Try that again. Check one. Check one. He is speaking into a tin can. They said, "Fuck." Evan says, "I sound like a robot." Fuck. I am a robot. Yes, I am. Check, check. Uh, I am a robot. Son of a bitch. This wouldn't be a problem if we didn't go mobile last week and undo everything. We just had all these kinks worked out. Well, yeah. So then we took the show on the road, and uh, and now we got all this technical shit. Uh, I will say this. Everything that I have right here is exactly how it was before I left. I can't control the main board over there. That's the West okay. Virginia dude. Hey, how, how did, did that help, y'all? Okay, you keep talking. I will just keep talking. Leon says he's also got a little bit of Neko on there. Well, listen, you should have been on here a while ago. I was talking twice. You had, you, you hear everything I said twice. That'd be, I'll be double ranting. Okay. Well, I'd you do one rant and it'd come across as two. Well, you sounded much better just now. Uh, when I made yeah. a change in my ears. Hey, Davenport just said way better. Whatever you just did. Okay. To all me, right. it's all, to me, I sound the same. So, right. Well, I, <clears throat> I'm going to say that last weekend, allegedly, I may have had one too many blue drinks. Oh, there, there's no, you can take the may out of that uh, sentence. Okay. It has no business being there. You, uh, you absolutely without a shadow of a doubt had too many blue drinks. Um, let's see. Let's try that. A little Larry bit. sounds good now. Okay. Whatever you did, fixed it. Okay, I'm still waiting for some kind of confirmation from TikTok. 
Um, okay. Um, because when I, when I ended the show, there were those that, that <laughs> the live sound turtles you guys go through. Yeah. <laughs> There, oh, there were there were people that <clears throat> there were people that said that I'm I may have um, I may have had um, uh, my head laying on the microphone at the end. Okay, let me. Um, I think that there's video proof of that. Um, your forehead was laying against the windscreen. Right. So I I had to go to the room um, immediately following. The, uh, the the broadcast and I'm hooking up my Bluetooth right now so I can hear what's going on with the uh, um, we're still getting complaints on TikTok I'm getting there uh, okay but anyway um, people uh, thankfully uh, and I, I thank them for their service but we are getting terrible crackling on. <clears throat> I don't hear any of it. Well, I'm I'm listening to. Huh. We've got dead air. That's a bad, well, a bad, bad thing in broadcast business. And um, I can't sing. You don't want to see me dance. I can play the drums, but it's been a long time, and I don't have any drums set up currently. But I can do that. Yeah, you probably um, should, you probably shouldn't do that. Probably ought not do that. Speaking of drums, did um, I told you about the DCI championships up in Indianapolis like two weekends ago? Right? You did. Did you catch any of that? Did you get to look at any of the video streaming of it? I did not. Dude, from, uh, from where they are today compared to where we were years and years and years and years ago, it's it's incredible. It's incredible what they, you know, first of all, the quality of the musician, it's, it just it blows me away. blows me away. They got, a, they got a snare line. It's probably eight or ten snares, and it sounds exactly like one, you know. Just gives you cold chills. Somebody says YouTube is better. Yeah, YouTube Could you is play better. Go your, go your own way? Could you just go your own way? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Evan, what a what a uh, what a guy. Um, can y'all can y'all see this? Where I need to hold this at? Keep talking for a minute. Can you see this? Well, I'm trying to tell people. What, oh, there we go. Y'all see us right here? We. <laughs> I claimed it. I think we got this as a gift last weekend from Ken and Marianne Best. And it's a miniature BSE 9000. On the front, it says the Blue Ribbon BSE 9000. So I think they realized that I scarfed it up, Chris. I think I heard them say they've got another one on order for you. But not only is it, Chris, you're not going to like this part of it, okay? But the front of it is the BSE 9000. The back of it is one of those games where you try to get the little ball from one corner to the other. And I'm going to tell you something. It's, a, it, 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 it's difficult. I can tell you that, okay? But anyway, 
I felt like a bridesmaid. I mean, a bride last last week at a, at a bridal shower. Everybody came in, brought a bottle of whiskey, which I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong here, but I kind of felt like, man, I just I had left with loot, you know. Uh, but uh, thank everybody for for those uh, kind of thoughts. And uh, we had a listen. We had a great weekend. We had a bunch of people. We had about fifty people there, and uh, probably the most diverse. Um, crowd that we've uh, that we've ever had we had only about a handful of landstar bcos had several people who hadn't they haven't bought trucks and they they're they're going to go to landstar but they're not here that there yet we had a bunch of company drivers we had a couple of owner operators i think we had one with their own authority we just had a whole uh we had a couple of people that, were, that came they're interested in, in being truck owners with, with us and so it was, it was a really really diverse um group we had a couple of returnees uh of course we had all our guys there which i think was uh guys i had cow always have to correct this because now we got a gal too so we had all our guys and our gal there and um i think everybody enjoyed meeting uh the lunatics and seeing the truck we had all our trucks outside and rocky was there he checked the alignment on all of them and did did some alignments and suspension repairs on some people who brought trucks to the to the event to get them worked on. Um, and, um, I know he was busy because I never saw him. So we, we wanted him to do a little program. So he had to break away, go clean up, come in do his presentation, go right back out into the parking lot and continue making money. So we had, uh, Steve Crone there. If you guys heard us talk about him, he's the Landstar BCO. His, uh, handle on, uh, fuel gauges is backdraft binder. And he's getting 11 plus miles per gallon. Um, and he was there uh, with his son and they did a presentation on fuel mileage and aerodynamics and all the things that contribute to that. And he, they were very, very well received by everybody. Um, we had uh, Chase Bryant with uh, DPF Alternatives uh, come talk to us a little bit about emissions and how to clean them up and keep them clean and and that sort of thing. So, uh, Phil, our, um, platform dispatcher, uh, gave a little show and tell on, uh, on his, what he does, uh, the high and wide and heavy stuff. And it was pretty interesting. Some of the, some of the things that he has done at Landstar, some of the incredibly, um, you know, uh, profitable loads that, 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 you know, that, that group of people at Landstar enjoy. And Tate talked about what it takes to get to that level. So it was a, it was a good uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, everybody seemed to enjoy themselves. We we worked hard during the day, but we played hard at night. Chris played a little too hard on one night, Friday night, uh, and he, and on uh, <laughs> sent out for Sunday when we were wrapping up. I always like to bring Chris up so we can both field the questions because a lot of questions were directed to things that he would be better to answer. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like Chris, where's the, we're going to wrap up? Nobody could find him. He was asleep. He was, he was outside in the lobby, curled up in the fetal position, asleep. So we had to wake him up, bring him back in, rub his eyes a little bit, you know. Oh, he looked like he'd been sleeping for about 10 hours. But, uh, listen, nobody left. I mean, we, we, we planned on taking a few questions and leaving. Well, I mean, we didn't, we didn't leave for like another hour or so. And even then, we were out in the lobby still answering questions. So that, that tells me that people were interested in what we were doing. And they just didn't want to – they just didn't want to call today and, and – um, I, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate people, you know, at least acting like they're interested. But I think, I think a lot of people that came there got something out of it. 
we got a lot of good comments um, from people that emailed me since then. Um, and, uh, and we've got a couple of, uh, uh, very potential recruits that came out of the, out of the weekend. So anyway, how are we, are you back now? I Do am. I count, do I uh, have to everyone, I would like you to thank me for my service. The, um, TikTok is fixed. It was a bad cable, which is what I was trying to get to when I was, you know, when it, when it all went bad, because the next, I didn't even think like I was trying to talk to Frank, the photographer. And I got about yeah. six words out, and I said, Frank, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Well, by the time I got done in there, and I thanks for Phil, you know, for coming and checking. And there was somebody else, but somebody else came oh, to make sure yeah, I was still I alive. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I do recall the conversations about coming in there and something, finding you, you know, almost like we found Carl up in Ohio yeah. after working. Yeah, it, would, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. We don't, we don't have to draw any pictures, okay? But but it wasn't good. <laughs> um, because y'all don't need that mental image. Um, so anyway, <laughs> when I came out of the bathroom after I took care of some stuff, um, I looked for Frank and he was gone. And I thought, you know what? I ought to go to bed. And I looked, I remember looking in the general area of the table where we had the po- podcast set up and people were scurrying yeah. about and they were packing things up. Now, of course, they unplugged everything. Oh. Oh, they unplugged stuff. Listen, that, I, I don't want, I, I'm not complaining. I mean, I appreciate all not. the people that pitched in, but, but buddy, God, it took me like two or three hours to undo my shit when I got back home. It you know? was scorched earth. I mean, they unplugged <laughs> it was. everything. It was. Okay. And did you I, ever find your little cable that I, you're missing? No, gone, gone. But Hey, I didn't, I also if can't I find, can make I can't it out of that, if I can make it out of that by only losing one, like, Two inch USB C. I'm 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 perfectly fine with that. So I agree. I so agree. then, all of my stuff laid in that room all of Saturday, and all of Sunday, and I think finally yeah. Sunday night, I ventured in there and I'm like, well, I hope my Mac is still, like I hope it still exists. Right. You know, because I'm I pretty sure the damn yours laying around somewhere. A what? One of your monitors, your portable monitors. I found it somewhere and I brought it to you to the event. Oh, that's right. Well, I thought I you think, were talking about now. Yeah. No, I was like, I've, everything's accounted for no. as far as I know. Um, but and I, <sighs> I, I'm going to publicly uh, acknowledge and blame Amber Cunningham um, because uh, she brought that second blue drink. Okay, and you only need one of those, and uh, that was my downfall. the The one blue drink was good. It was great. She did not. She did not pry your mouth open and pour it down your throat. No, now, she I'm didn't. Gonna, but she did I'm give have a take drunk, issue with that. She did give a drink well, a drink. You, okay. So, I, well, maybe, but I mean, there's personal responsibility here. We preach all the time. <clears throat> well, that's true. Um, <clears throat> I was busy. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. let's just talk about how speaking good. Of, speaking of, Let's talk about how good the weekend was before we do anything else. Just, just real quick. Um, yeah, well, I was doing that the whole time you were changing. Well, you were, but but I'm I'm going to add, uh, I'm going to add a little bit something to that. All right. The, um, I mean, it was, it was weird because it was relaxing and it was also hectic and draining, you know? Um, but we had a great time. We probably had too good of a time Friday night. And then Saturday you started off, uh, with giving everybody a lot of cost ca- cost saving measures, um, and we talked about that stuff ad nauseum, and then mm-hmm. we gave them the goods on Saturday, 
of the revenue making. But we knew that we had to do the cost cutting first because if we give them the revenue first, they won't listen to anything you say about cutting costs. Right. Right. Um, and, and by the way, shout out to the catering ladies. Um, oh, absolutely. Lord have mercy. I and mean, Chris, and they started out, they started the weekend out with that Friday night spread. I mean, that set the tone, right? You know, I'm thinking we get some trays, you know, a couple of trays, dude, they put two tables together and they, they covered the tables with this, with this paper and they made a, they made a, a charcuterie table. I mean, I, I, I just don't know how to describe it anymore. We, we we're, listen, we had a professional photographer. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of images. We'll get them posted. We all, y'all can look at it, but. Man, our 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 food on Thursday night or you know, Friday night was incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm. It was. I was. I didn't get any of that because I was too busy drinking. Um, but it looked fantastic. Um, and then their well, lunch. It, see, it, lunch it on was. lunch on Saturday was in little croissant sandwiches. Uh, and well, coleslaw. Had, we had croissants and we had wraps. Either one, yeah. you had your choice. And had uh, uh, pasta salad. I don't like pasta salad or coleslaw, and I ate both. Um, yeah. and then well, we you had, need to, you need to expand your mature palate. Your adult palate needs to be expanded. Well, listen, so. I've moved from chicken include, nuggets and French fries. To I include have. bourbon, by the way, yeah. to include bourbon. But, um, so, uh, anyway, food was fantastic. It was wonderful. Uh, it was just doubly wonderful that we didn't have to mess with it. Uh, they came in and, and, and made everything great. Uh, and then our attendees, I mean, we, with the people that everyone seemed to be very responsive, uh, to what, what was said and, and the things that we uh, uh, that we were trying to get through, I think everyone left there with their bellies full. Uh, we did have, let me tell you all this, we had a little excitement. During the afternoon session on Sunday, we had stepped out into the lobby. Um, I think uh might have been when Steve Crone was up, and I hear the words, what the hell is that Schneider truck doing here? And I turn around, (laughs) and a Schneider truck, 53-foot trailer, all right, is trying to get into this tiny-ass parking lot where we've got our stuff set up. He's up on the sidewalk and about to run over, um, about to run over probably a $10,000 Valley Park entrance sign. And so I put my hands up. I said, where are you trying to go? He said, "Uh, I, I must have missed... The tractor supply. I'm thinking, yeah, by about four miles, you did. <laughs> and I said, well, and because there's Rocky, Phil, me, Travis, Richie, we're all standing out there. And I said, well, there's about 75 years of truck driving experience standing here in front of me. I need you to hold on a minute, and we're going to come up with a plan. So we conversed, and we started with a plan. And I said, okay, we've got a plan, how we're going to get him out of here. And I start telling him the plan. And he's just looking at me kind of like a German shepherd, turns their head. And I said, how long you been driving? He said, man, this is my first week. I said, get out the way. I'm driving. He's like, man, I can't let you drive this truck. I said, what they don't know won't hurt you. Okay? So get out of the way. So I get I get in the truck. That sign, Will. Well, right. Yeah. I, listen, I saved his career, right? Because uh, if he'd moved another all, inch. All, all one week of it, right? Right. So... I get the truck maneuvered and turned around and get him out of there. And I'm thinking of all days for a Schneider driver to follow his GPS to Valley park. Um, he chose yeah. the day where 
you know, there's about 175 years of driving experience in the parking lot. So anyway, <clears throat> would you like to talk about yeah. our sponsors? Uh, probably would not be a bad idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go uh, ahead and do that. Cause we just got in an order well, today. I have 27 lap kits that my eight year old and I got all put together and ready for your consumption. <laughs> we would have had them at the event, except we couldn't find 10 of the, of the lab forms. Yeah. I found, I found them on Sunday. After, no, no. Found them on Monday morning, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I know Richie's watching. It was in a box that Richie had opened, by the way, just FYI. Oh, okay, yeah. so, um, for whatever that's worth. Also left anyway, a box yeah, of we 10 got, filters we, sitting on top of an oil jug, but we'll, let's just move on. Let's digress. <laughs> as they say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, our sponsor is Pittsburgh Power. Um, they're a performance diesel shop uh, as well as a regular, you know, diesel mechanic shop. Um, I've been doing business with them since 2009. Uh, they all, they bought the OPS fr- or, or, or product and, and, and company a couple of years ago, which I was already doing business with them too. So it was a nice marriage for me to have one a source for um, a lot of the things that we use you know, to keep our maintenance costs down. And so we are um, stocking distributors of the OPS products as well as the max mileage fuel-borne catalyst. And um, we appreciate uh, Pittsburgh Power Support. They are our um, sponsor of our podcast. Uh, they were a sponsor of our event along with a couple of other good folks, the DPF Alternatives. Um, and, uh, North Florida MD alignment. So, um, we, um, we appreciate your support and listen, we appreciate you guys letting uh, these guys know, especially Pittsburgh power, cause they don't always all the time see us. The other ones do let them know that you heard about them through us and that you appreciate their support of us and give them a little, a little support. Listen, if you got, we're, we're getting ready to take a truck up there. I mean, Chris, and we've, we've, we've exhausted our diagnostic ability. And so we're going to take a truck up there because they usually can fix it. They find it and fix it. And so this won't be the first one we've taken up there. We're getting ready to go with another one. But listen, they got electrical engineers on staff. I mean, they can, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, most people throw, um, um, C, what, CP, what's it not? CPU, um, ECMs, ECMs away. Yeah. You know, there's a battery in ECM. Y'all know there's a battery in there. And most times they just throw them away. Well, they can actually fix them. They can put a new battery in it. You know, they can go in there and, 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 and repair it or, or, or tune it or, or lots of things because they got this type of talent there on staff. So, um, anyway, we appreciate them. Give them a little love, if you would. And um, um, if you need uh, product, we now have the OPS filters in stock. We have the lab kits in stock. We have the technology in stock. So, um, and if you need an OPS unit, we have that drop shipped directly to you. If you're going coming through the West Virginia area, Chris will meet you down at the TA and bring the stuff to you, save you the freight. So anyway. Yep. <clears throat> Boy, I can't wait till your house is done because you're struggling for bandwidth. I'm getting, you're, you're coming through and a little garbly and, uh, really? Yeah. I just had, uh, I just had Spectrum out here this week and they told me I was tuned up and ready to go. Yeah, well, it well, it could it could be mine too. I just I just shut down some processes on my Mac too because I had a couple other things running. Yeah. So, um, my my speed has been a lot better since they were here on Wednesday, 
and um, got everything straightened out. And you're not gonna believe this. I had a problem evidently with a actually it was a as a was a coaxial cable. Uh, I guess it had a bad end on it, or mm-hmm. or end it went bad. But I was causing um, the neighborhood. <laughs> To, to come and go with, oh. with internet, uh, with, with bandwidth. So it, it was, it was me. That was the problem. Um, but they replaced it. And I, I can testify that usually and, when it comes to technology, you are the problem. So I, and now here's the guy that, that, that had nothing to do with this shit tonight. Okay. Norm and the, well, I'm not even going to go there. Y'all just take that for, with a grain of salt. Cause it's not necessarily, I get blamed for it all the time. <laughs> And I, listen, I'm just a, I'm just a jovial, get along, you know, get, get, go along to get along kind of guy. I just kind of let it run off and back, but you know, um, we all know, we, we all know. So. so something happened on Twitter this week. Um, and I don't know who started it. It might've been our friend, super trucker, uh, Justin Martin. Um, but they had a big, uh, they had a big, uh, uh, meeting, uh, today meeting of the minds on the what's a truck podcast about trucking being a commodity. And um, I know Justin had done a video on this, and then um, some of the other guys, uh, uh, Lombard Trucking, uh, had talked about it. I was on a Twitter space with these guys last night for about an hour. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. I, I, there's lots of people that are in, all in, up in their fields. Kevin did a space about it, which apparently devolved into absolute chaos. Um, and when I, when I watch a lot of these kind of discussions happen in, in the industry that we operate in, I'm kind of sitting here going, I understand why you guys are passionate about this and I understand why you're talking about it, but for us, it really doesn't matter. Um, we're, we are like, as you always say, we're blocking and tackling here right? We are trying to teach the fundamentals of business and we could get up in the clouds and we could talk about high finance and we could talk about the, you know, all of the big things that are happening. Convoys for sale, by the way, I don't know if you'd heard that. Uh, I guess people think that convoys in big trouble. Uh, they hired a, they hired a firm, which usually there's lots of speculation, but JP, uh, Hampstead did an article about it on freight waves. Uh, so the speculation is Conway's in trouble for money and they're looking for a buyer. But a lot of that stuff, it, it can be interesting, especially if you're a nerd, but I really don't think it matters um, even to the owner operator because my view on a lot of this stuff is if you will just focus on the basics, know your cost per mile, manage your, your fuel cost, Manage your business expenses. Focus on your customers. You'll get through the ups and the downs. You should be wildly profitable on the ups, and you should survive on the downs. And I feels like a lot of this stuff about, because I guess when they say that trucking is a commodity, people took it as an insult, you know, because they they want to consider themselves specialized labor. And I kind of, I kind of don't think in, in this day and age you're, you're specialized labor because you got CDL. So I'm just curious, does any of that spark any interest in the mind of Larry Long? 
Well, I mean, obviously it does, but I mean, we've, we've said it over and over and over again. I mean, the whole premise of the weekend was to teach people how to look at the little thing. And we used a saying all weekend that you, you know, that you brought to me because of a, a former guy you worked at and we've kind of embraced it. But, you know, our, our, our theme over the weekend was in trucking, there's pennies laying everywhere. You know, most people just don't bend over and pick them up. They don't think a penny's worth picking up. They don't, they don't look at the economy of scale that a truck driver has because of our truck owner, because of the, the number of miles that you drive it now, the amount of fuel that you buy the you know, all this, all this stuff that scales it way up to make it. So the penny becomes more than a penny. You know, we shown, we sh- showed examples of, of, you know, uh, just a, a small increase in fuel mileage can end up being fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year in savings. You know, making different choices about tires can end up being twenty thousand dollars over the life of the tires. You know, so it, it you you have to look at it in that in that broader you know um, view, broader spectrum. But you know, uh, truck owners, truck drivers, they don't they they don't understand that a penny saved here it isn't a penny in trucking. You know, I've showed about fifteen or so publicly held mega fleets, uh, numbers, Q2 comparisons, revenue, not profit revenue. And it, I think, I think it, it, it got people's attention that even the big guys who do want, you know, they have entire floors that watch the pennies, you know, um, every one of them was significantly lower Q2 23 than Q2 22. And so, um, it, it, it's reflected in the fact that people who, who, who have, expensive attorneys and bean counters and all that sort of stuff still uh, are in a situation where, you know, their, 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 their revenue is, is, is hurting. Uh, imagine a, just an ordinary truck owner that, that doesn't even, doesn't pay attention to it at all. I mean, you can see why they're upside down. You can see why they're having to sell their trucks and, and get out of business. I think we found them. Uh, was there, there was a statistic the other day, 110,000, um, authorities have been put on, um, put on hold in the mm-hmm. last 40 weeks. Yep. Um, that's staggering. That's staggering. And it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it, it you know, it business is business. doesn't matter what you're selling, what you're doing. Um, you control your cost and, and, and raising your revenue in, in an efficient way, not by working yourself to death. Uh, works everywhere. Works every time. And we just spent the weekend showing people where that we just picked three. We picked three. We picked tires, maintenance, and fuel. That's all we did. There's many, many more than that, but we picked the easy ones that that could be affected. Fuel being the the the, the biggest impact because it's the biggest expense, and and uh, show people how to uh, lower that cost in ways that they probably didn't realize they could do it prior to the weekend. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what we're all about, Chris. I mean, it's it sure it raises my interest. You know, that's our, that's our crusade. You know, that's what we do is what we teach our people. It's what we teach people on the podcast here. And, you know, we, we've done everywhere we go. We talk about lowering costs and raising revenue, you know, being more fit, working more efficiently. And, uh, and if you do that, then your business takes care of itself. Too many truck owners worry about the money. They, they worry about how much money they're making and never worry about how much money they're, they're keeping. And not just truck. I mean, that's, that's the American, that, that's, that's our culture. You know, is is spin, 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 not save, 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 and yeah, you know, we uh, we we address that a little bit. And there was a comment while ago I wanted to kind of address because so, we always get this: was it recorded? Can I buy it? And the answer to that is no. The information that we shared this weekend, we have shared on the podcast for now how many years? Uh, Three, almost, four, how long? Almost five, five, five years. All of twenty nineteen. 
yeah. so four years now we've been yeah. doing this. Everything we said at that at that at that seminar, we've said before multiple times. And so it, it, hearing it or watching it or 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 reading it is is not going to make you internalize it and do something with it. You know, I, I introduced a phrase this weekend, started the whole weekend off transactional versus transformational. We could sell you this program that's transactional. But if you don't incorporate, if you don't actually do, if you don't hit the, the, the do button, it, it, you're not going to gain anything from it. What makes this weekend special is the investment of time more than investment of money. Like it wasn't that expensive, uh, especially when you look at how much we spent back on food and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not, it's, it's, it's not like you can't buy it. You, you, can't, you can't transact uh, changing your identity, changing what you are used to doing into what you need to do, you know, to change your situation, your business life, your personal life, whatever it is, you know, uh, the only way you do that is make a commitment. And, and at these events are where those commitments are made. You know, you hear the talk, you go out there and you talk to everybody else in the room and then you get to the hotel room and you're either with yourself or with your wife or with your whoever. And, and that's where the conversation takes place. You know, that's, that's where the transformation takes place. And it will never, ever happen buying a cassette. You know, if it would, everybody, there'd be a trillion real estate moguls right now because everybody bought that stupid tape back in whenever it was. Like when they sold cassette tapes, that's how long ago it's been. You know, how to, how to get wealthy in real estate, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's my. I would like, I would like for you to refresh your, um, I'd like for you to refresh your page because I'm your your video and audio keeps getting worse, so um, I'm gonna go solo for a minute here. When you say which you mean my my uh, the Chrome, my the ninja page, yeah, Ref- my video uh, ninja page, yeah. Go ahead and refresh that. Let's Chrome. Yeah. Okay, give me. I'll be right back. <clears throat> you know, one of the big things that I talked about when I gave my little speech. Uh, on on Sunday morning was that I believe wholeheartedly that the um, the trucking industry offers an unprecedented ability for a person to build great wealth and experience great liberty. However, if you do it wrong, it will destroy you. It'll be the biggest nightmare that you've ever experienced: bankruptcy, divorce, foreclosure. Um, all because when you go into business wrong, um, it doesn't work out for you. And uh, we um, we see it. We see people all the time at Landstar um, that are failing, don't know they're failing, and then when they finally do, when it all comes collapsing down on top of them, they blame everybody else but themselves. Um, and so if you... <clears throat> and, and and Larry says this over and over so many times, over and over again, that if you were opening any other kind of business, you're, you would have a different mindset than if you buy or lease a truck. Um, you For whatever reason, it doesn't activate the same part of your brain um, that it would if you were going down to your main street and signing up for a lease and you had mm-hmm. to pay the the. the the, the the mortgage and the or the rent and 
and, and all of the utilities and buy the product and, and then go out and get customers. A friend of mine mm-hmm. owned a barbecue restaurant uh, on Main Street uh, in our hometown, uh, and he made fantastic barbecue. But um, the food cost put him out of business right before the pandemic hit. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. within weeks of the pandemic hitting, um, he had he had shut down. Uh, and but it was trying to get humans to come and, and order the barbecue. The people that knew about it loved it. But the marketing expense uh, th- that you ha- and the time and energy that you have to spend in marketing in a normal kind of business, if you're a photographer, if you run a dry cleaners, if you run a restaurant, uh, if you're a contractor, we don't have to do that in Truckee. We don't, we don't have to do marketing. We just, you know, pick up the phone. Oh, do you have a load? Yeah, I have a load. All right, I want to come get it. How much? And so we're just so psychologically disconnected from other businesses, and it leads people to ruin because every part of this industry teaches you how to do business in trucking the wrong way. And that way is to benefit them, the banks and the, <coughs> excuse me, the, the banks and the truck manufacturers <coughs> and the finance companies and the lease companies and the carriers. It's great for them. It's a hell of a deal. But it ruins you, the truck driver. Um, and, and it's just, you know, that's what we're trying to prevent here. Um, you, uh, you sent me a video, and, and it, it's incredibly applicable to what we do here. And, and some of the reasons that we use or that we identify that cause people to have such a high failure rate in trucking, especially first-time owner-operators buying their first truck, our, our warm market, what we do. <clears throat> and I never really thought of it in these simple terms, but man, that thing has hit home with me and I'm, I'm going to steal every bit of that. But the thing that the point that the, that the fellow was making is that, you know, <clears throat> I, I got into photography because I love photography. You know, I got into dry cleaning because my mom spent her whole life in dry cleaning working for somebody else. People get into trucking because they hate their job. They don't hate the driving part, but they hate every other part. And, and they, they talk bad about their dispatcher. They talk bad about everybody. Is that what they, and you've, you've pointed this out before, but when they buy that truck, they become all those people that they hated before. And the message that this guy was delivering was that if you're going into business to, to, re, to, to get rid of your boss, that's the wrong reason to go in business. And that explains the high failure rate. It's not that they love or truly have this, have this um, dream of, 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 of being in business. It's just that's, the, that's a better option for me than driving this truck for somebody else, you know, because they don't understand. I mean, the failure rates because they think that driving a truck is what the job is. You know, we've proven this over and over and over again. It's a very, very small percentage. It's all the other things that they have no experience doing what keeps them in business. And that's what the boss provides in the situation where they're an employee driver and they don't place enough value on what the boss does. And they find out later on, well, wait a minute, that guy does a lot more than I thought he did. He's a lot smarter than I gave him benefit for, you know, 
Um, you know, as I get older, my dad gets smarter and smarter to me. You know, the things he said, you know, I thought he was, you know, he was crazy when I was 21. Now that I'm 69, he's a very pretty smart guy. I wish I'd listened to him more, you know, but that's the same thing with, with employees and, and business owners is that the assumption is, oh, well, he's making all this money and doing all this. And I could, I could do that. I could do my job better than, you know, than he does his job. And, and it's just not true. Um, I don't know if that video is something we could we could put a link to, but man, uh, it, it is. A, I'm trying to right now. Um, <clears throat> well, you 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 send it to me on a text message on it, so um, that's where it resides. Um, I'm going. But to I, man, that is a powerful, powerful video, you know. And even to me, I mean, I understand fully, but I mean, it, it just it it just put it in much more simpler terms that in an in a in in a a context that I would not have necessarily thought about before. So. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to have to work on it because I, it won't. On, on your, on your, uh, uh, restream, am I looking at YouTube there on restream? So I'm looking at, uh, yes. YouTube comments. Okay. Yeah. Is Jared Anderson's the last one you have or am I disconnected? Uh, I believe Jared. Is there any the comments one. after Jared? No, I just, that's the last one I see. Okay, all right. I just thought maybe I lost connection. Yeah. Well, that guy Zeke did some. That guy's got a bunch of. Inf- uh, uh, he found the original video on YouTube. Uh, the guy's name's David something. Um, but oh, it was fantastic information. Um, oh, incredible! Uh, and it was just, it was just, it was just awesome. You know. Um, Let's see. What else did we have to talk about? Um, well, we, we, we do have um, shameless plug here. We do have some empty trucks that we, we need to fill. We do. Uh, we've got some that are coming on. We've got, there was people at the event that wanted to us to take on trucks. And we got, got plenty of trucks uh, we can have access to. We looking for drivers for them. So when you, um, you guys that uh, are interested in learning what we do and want to you know, immerse yourself in our apprenticeship program where you can make really, really good money while you're going to school and getting all this business training that you need to, to have to survive uh, and do it with no risk to you. Um, and uh, if you try this out and you find out that, hey, owning a truck is not for me, you're, you haven't signed a lease purchase or you haven't bought a truck and you have, you know, so, um, you know, reach out to us. Uh, I think you can go to our website and there's a thing that says drive for us maybe or something like that. And, um, and then you can, um, send in a, a sort of a, a quick online, uh, mini application, and then we can, uh, reach out to you. And, uh, Chris, here it is right here. It's, um, uh, it's a TikTok, and it's called the E-Myth. Yeah. Um, um, I was trying to, uh, Find his name. Um, well, it was reposted by yeah something Med Spa Med Spa RX. That sounds like a a um, mm-hmm. that sounds like a um, yeah. I'm trying to go pharmacist through the because uh, this is from the 80s or 90s. Because um, in the Zeke was talking about in the whole video. I think I think he thinks that maybe this was. Uh, recorded in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, because the guy talked about, well, by the year 2000. Um, and apparently right, he was right. he was dead on. Uh, but, so. but the information is timeless. I mean, that, that oh, doesn't yeah. mean anything. 
you know, it's, it's fantastic because a lot of truck drivers get into business for the wrong reasons. You know, that, that's, that's the big, that's the big takeaway from is that drivers made a comment about trucking, not being a commodity, you know, what makes it a commodity is that people buy it based on price. You know, let me give you an example. Let me go back to photography, give an example. Okay. A lot of people look at photography as a commodity because let's face it, you're, you're selling a piece of eight by 10 piece of paper, you know, uh, what's that eight by 10 piece of paper cost? Well, with, if, to a photographer with the chemicals on it that it takes to produce an image, I don't know, probably if 80 cents, 90 cents, buck, I don't know, something like that. But yet a f- professional photographer will sell that for hundreds of dollars <clears throat> for, a, for a piece of paper. But what makes photography not a commodity is that you're not buying the paper, you're buying the emotion that the image on that paper elicits from you it's not the paper it's who's on the paper the relationship you have to them and how important it is to you the trucking's no different it can be a commodity because everybody's just selling delivery but what makes it not a commodity the reason most people don't get it beyond the commodity is because there's no value added you know mm-hmm. uh, delivering freight's delivering freight but what if you deliver the freight and you give it and you give a premium service you know but if you give premium attitude, premium this, premium that, and you set yourself apart from everybody else that just does it and gets it there sort of on time, maybe. Maybe he doesn't, you know, one, one of the times they go, well, you don't need to know where I am. I'll get there when I get there. That's what makes trucking not be a commodity because you have to, you have to give some value added to make people want to pay extra to haul freight from here to there when there's a million people they can go online and get. And, 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 and the same thing with relationship with brokers. I mean, people think that brokers, there's no negotiation there. We know better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, there is more money on the table. If you have set the groundwork and established the foundation and established the reputation and established the, um, you know, the, the friendship with that broker that knows that, Hey, I know if I give this to you, I don't have to worry about it. I, I know that, you know, I, it's just, I, I, I send it and forget it. Oh, opposed to one that I send you this, but then I'm going to have to worry about you being, how, how are you going to treat my customer? How are you going to communicate with me? If you're going to communicate with me. And that's the difference between commodity and, and, and a non-commodity in any service industry. You know, so. there was a guy on that Twitter space last night who was a Landstar agent. <clears throat> I don't know his name. I just know his handle. <clears throat> Um, and, and he, I guess he knows who we are. And, um, at one point he said, listen, there, there was a time back in the day when I was an agent, I would give a BCO a load and never question it. They would communicate with me. They would tell me when they got there and they'd tell me what they would, he basically saying they would do everything that we do. You know, they would deliver on time and they were good to the customer and, and they, they took care of everything. And he's like, boy, those days are over. Um, you know, too bad, but yeah, yeah. With, with the exception of, <clears throat> well, of of our guys, um, yeah, I understand. You know, we used an example at our training, also we did over the weekend, where you know Richie, one of our guys. I mean, just I mean, just just basic communication and treating people the way that you want to be treated. We contrasted a a complimentary, I mean, just a few lines, you know, versus a typical situation, which was a whole page. Of all the things the BCO did wrong, you know, 
came um, in and plugged the and, toilet and, up and <laughs> yeah and 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 it you know seeing the one the simple one first you you think well, what's so special about that what's special is that nobody does it that's what's special mm-hmm. you know that's the compliments we get all the time it's nothing special just freaking communicate okay i mean how hard is it but it's a courtesy. You know, there's two problems with it. Number one, it's, it's, it's a courtesy that people don't think is important anymore. And number two, it requires a certain amount of accountability because if I tell you I'm going to get it there and I don't, I mean, I, I, what, what, what kind of relationship am I building with you? You know, so it makes you live up to what you say. And a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, trucking is attractive to a lot of people who don't want to be accountable because they sit in a, in a square two, six by six cell you know, and, you know, and, and they don't, they don't communicate with anybody they, that they're doing it because they want to be alone and, and not have to talk with other people, work with other people. Well, unfortunately, that's not how you build business. You know, that's, that's why as a employee truck driver, you might get away with that. Maybe I, you couldn't for us, but you could some people, I'm sure. And then you go out and buy a truck and you can't figure out well, well, I've bought a truck. You should, why, why don't people give me business? Cause you're a jerk. That's why, you know, uh, and nobody wants to do business with you. You're getting back to the marketing thing there, you know, is marketing. What, what is marketing? You know, I mean, marketing and advertising are not the same thing. We all know that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we market every time we send an email, we market, you know, first thing you tell guys is get rid of the, from my iPhone, you know, put your mm-hmm. name on there. I encourage them to turn it into a business card. You know, we've got some guys that put on there, you know, Hey, this is where I'm, this is what I've got. This is the kind of equipment I've got. This is where I like, you know, da, 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 da. it's like a little commercial. And every time somebody gets that email, guess what? There it is, you know? And so that's, that's marketing, you know, is, is promoting what you do to people that need what you do. <clears throat> As opposed to just saying, Hey, I'm here. I am. I'm, I have a truck. You know, give me business. Um, I, I have a truck, so you 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 should give me business. You, you know, if, if you don't give me business, the government should make you give me business because I bought a truck. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's well, and there's such an entitlement. I mean, it, it, it's hard to separate when you have such an entitlement mentality kind of baked into American society right now over the last handful of years, um, you know, people think they just deserve $25 an hour just for breathing. Oh, I've got a pulse, you know, um, uh, I, I did, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, some kind of video on TikTok about, about truck mechanics and <clears throat> all in the comments is, would you, if they just pay better, I'm like, I'm not a mechanic, and two weeks ago, I could have built $5,000 working out of the bed of my pickup truck. You see where the... Uh, Where's the problem? Article, I, read, you know, I don't really read it. I don't read the headlines. The headline was that entry-level employees now think that they should get $80,000 to start. Did you, God, did you see that headline? I have not. But that, I, that should be the starting pay for entry-level, Lord have entry-level mercy. people. I'm not talking about truckers. I'm talking about just employees yeah. in general. You know, people that people that just got out of school, you know, they've been in school, they got all these student loans, and then they couldn't get a job, so they went back and got a master's degree, mm-hmm. couldn't get a job, went back and got a PhD, you know, and now they're now they got all this education and they can't tie their shoes, you know. Um, but now they want to have eighty thousand dollars. That that's what they think they should that deserve starting out, you know. 
Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, well, I do know what's going to happen. Um, everybody's worried about AI and everybody's worried about automated. I mean, look, every, every fast food restaurant in the country now has a kiosk, you know, Dude. and now there's one, somebody, there's one that actually flips burgers. Yeah. So it's gotten rid of the guy, the hamburger flipper job now is gone because it can do that. You know? And I so, just saw one today on Twitter. It's a robot bathroom cleaner for like a truck stop. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> um, and cause it shows it, it comes in, it closes the door, it cleans the toilet, it cleans the walls. Um, yeah. th- listen, <clears throat> there, there's a bunch of, see, I don't, I'm not one of these people that allows myself to be terrified by innovation. Okay. Because innovation and disrupt innovation and disruption is why we don't have horse and buggy anymore. Okay. There were lots of people I'm sure that made a lot of money on horseshoes and carriages and steel wheels and leather straps and, and wood. Okay. And their industry was disrupted by this thing called horseless carriage. And there was a lot of people, if you look at the historical context, there's a lot oh, of people yeah. that hated. Uh, Absolutely. The, and there was a lot of people that, what do you mean you're going to stretch electricity out through these woods? I, I don't need that, right? We don't need this. At, <clears throat> so I, I refuse to be the person that's terrified of in, innovation and disruption. However... Um, there's some of y'all probably should be scared right now <clears throat> because you're useless as tits on a boar hog. Okay. There's you and there's a screen door and a submarine and the both of you have about as much value. Okay. You're getting replaced. Okay. If, if you can't, I mean, my God, uh, just, just to go get the simplest thing done and you can't get it done. Um, and if I could get that done by a robot, and not have to deal with your shitty attitude, I, I, I'm going well, with robot. That's, that's everything behind the autonomous truck, you know? I mean, that, that's exactly what the, the, the reason why there's an interest in it. Um, you know that, um, you know, casinos make tremendously amount more money on a, on a uh, slot machine than they do on a live card game. Uh, it's not even close. It's not even close. Interesting. Um, and that's why you've been going to casinos. There's more and more and more and more and more slot machines <clears throat> and fewer and fewer and fewer live card games. Um, because slot machines don't call, don't call in sick. They don't have to have a vacation. They don't have to have a, a benefit package. You know, they don't have hours of service. Um, you know, now <laughs> there's going to be people, there's already people out here going, well, I shouldn't make those. The, the only person that th- dictates how much you should or should not make is the customer you serve. <clears throat> there's, there's no reason why, why anyone should be guaranteed a hundred thousand dollars. If somebody will do the same job for 60, if that's what they need or what they want, mm-hmm. or what if you're worth 500,000, you know, because it's all, it all, it's all di- dictated by how you much you can convince the other person who's who, who you're working for to give you. Um, it, 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 that's what people don't understand. You know, it, the, 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 the free market establishes the price. You can demand a hundred thousand dollars all you want, but if there's enough people out there to do it for 80, why, why would, why would somebody pay you a hundred just because you need it? 
you know, this is this is a complete inversion of the free market. And 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 if if you if you quit worrying about how much you need and worry about how much you can deliver, how much quality, how much value you can deliver, you don't have to worry about what the price is. Okay. What you're you you will earn what you're worth. And that scares the hell out of most people. Okay. Yep. But that's why. That's that's why there's people that make a whole bunch of money and people that don't. And the people that don't are jealous of the ones and they demand to have equal pay, but there's not equal worth, you know? Um, Look, we're we're not talking to, to, uh, you know, a bunch of school children here. We're talking about people who want to be in business. Our whole, our whole process, you know, our our whole uh, subject matter here is, teaching people how to get in the trucking business the right way where it can stay in business. You know, what, what is a, what, what should a business make? You know, what, what is, is, should we, should the government have a, have a standard? If you get in business, you, you must, you, they, they must pay you X number of dollars. Um, why would you want that ceiling? You know, uh, I get into business to make everything I can. I don't want a ceiling. I don't want a guarantee. Let me get, give me the rules Show me the playing field and let me get the hell out of my way and let me, let me earn what I am capable of earning. And if you can't keep up with that, that's not my problem. You know? Um, so, you know, you establish your own worth, you set your own boundaries. You know, you're the one that dictates every bit of that. And, um, if you have to have somebody to dictate it for you, um, maybe you ought not be in business. You know, the reason we have kiosks and McDonald's by the way, is because every McDonald's employee demanded 15 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. For a job that's probably worth half that. So what happened? We got a kiosk. Um, I can I can parallel that to yellow trucking if you want me to. Oh, please <clears> do. <throat> Get them. <clears throat> no, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> you understand? You understand what I what I'm saying? You know. Well, um, I went, and I think you, and I think UPS is going to end up finding out the same thing. You know? I, I went. There's no way that. Uh, uh, me and my youngest human resource. Went to the K Roger the other day to pick up like three items, right? That we couldn't get at Aldi because Aldi's got better prices, better food in a lot of situations. Anyway, so we went into the K Roger to get these handful of items, and they have a new checkout line. They got your normal self checkouts, and then they have a checkout with a conveyor belt. And I went, hmm, you know, the human in me went, hmm, something new, shiny. Let's go try it out. It was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. Because you have to scan your item, and you set it on the belt, and 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 about seventy five years of precedent at the grocery store says you scan one, you put it on the belt, you scan the next one, put it on the belt, because this is supposed to speed up the process, right? Wrong, right? Because you have to wait for it to go through the scanner, and go all the way out to the end of the belt before you can scan your next thing, and so it mm. it returns my second thing to me and I look and it hasn't scanned and then uh, my friendly uh, Kroger associate Muhammad comes over and he goes oh you have to do them one at a time and he takes his hand and he goes you have to put it in between the sensors well his hand fucked up the sensors and and everything comes back and I'm like thanks Muhammad appreciate that brother so then we had to get another person over with the key to swipe the thing to press the button to reset the whole damn thing because couldn't do anything like and listen I'm not an anti-checkout guy um I, I'm a I'm a big self-checkout guy you know give me the ball coach I'll scan my stuff bag it and be out of here 
um, faster than I can wait for y'all to do it. Except the people at Aldi. Now they're experts, buddy. They, them, them folks at Aldi, man, they they can scan that shit like faster than you can think, right? But at the Kroger, at the Walmart, I, listen, I'm perfectly mm-hmm. okay checking myself out, especially mm-hmm. Sam's Club, that, where I can the Kroger's reunion. You knew the Kroger's union, right? Well, the checkers. Did you know that? Hey, I do. Oh, that's that's no, 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 no. If you work at Kroger, you're in the union. Right, which is why there's no more Kroger trucks anymore, hardly, and they're all being hauled by, you know. Now, uh, I'm going to tell you something funny. Whoever designed that system, I know who they patterned after because when I go to Walmart and I get checked out, the person that checks me out only uses one hand, okay? <laughs> and, and and they're only half fantastic because they're talking to somebody else about what they're, all the things that they hate about their job. Yeah. And they use one, seriously, they, they use one hand. They pick it up. They scan it and they put it in the bag. And they pick it up and they scan it. I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with your other hand? You know, he, he, and I said, I know that works because I've, I've seen him with a cigarette and went outside, you know. <laughs> but that's just, they, they don't want to, they, they, that's, the, that's what the model is, Chris. They use that model. So, well, um, anyway, I, I've, I'm, I've, I've, stirred, I've stirred up shit on YouTube. So, I am, so I, guys, I, the, the, I'm, I'm confident that. Uh, and I said that on this on this Twitter space last night. They, they'd asked some question, and I said, um, <clears throat> I, I said, guys, I, I, we live in the safest, most prosperous time in all of human history. There's never been a better time to be alive than now. Um, <clears throat> now, one thing I didn't get an opportunity to say is, and what was it I saw? Today? And it was, be, it was a guy being funny, right? It was a funny TikTok. He says, man, I sure would like to have one more of them stimulus checks. And I would just like to state for the record, there was a bunch of us back in 2020 when them stimulus checks were flying that I that would said, hey, when y'all get maybe to 2023 and your McDonald's combo costs double what it does now, you're probably not going to be a big fan of them stimulus checks. Well, here we are. And the chickens are roosting because they've come home to roost. And, mm-hmm. I, dude, I went to damn Burger King the other morning to get me a croissant. That used to be 5 bucks. It's $9 for a damn croissant combo at, <clears throat> at McDonald's. or I mean, at Burger King. Uh, and it used to be 5 the, the, you, you can't continue to pile stupid decisions on top of stupid decisions and expect to not have to pay for it something because there's no free money, y'all. Nothing's free. College is not free. Healthcare is not going to be free. Nothing is free. Everything comes at a cost in a free market economy. And when you let terrorists get into a free market economy and start basically setting off bombs, um, there's going to be consequences. Let's see. Well, we got a bunch of comments coming here. Uh, well, I didn't have my page open, so I didn't see a lot of these. Oh gosh, boy, well, y'all been busy. Yeah, uh, YouTube is. I don't think uh, TikTok's on. Yeah, TikTok's kind of dead. Re- TikTok's kind of dead tonight. Uh, Matthew, my truck is still uh-huh. in the shop. The bill, the bull gear wasn't loose, so they have to go in further. I'm thinking about finding a temp job to keep some money coming in after this weekend out on the boat. <laughs> um. <laughs> Just don't well, want to burn through let's all Let's don't my get savings. a priority screwed up there, no? Right, okay, so. right. <clears throat> I'd sell the boat. Um, 
just don't want to yeah. burn through all my savings going back without. Well, I'm, I'd be curious to see uh, more details because I'm assuming on a bull gear you're talking about a Detroit, so I'd be interested to know some more details about that. Um, communication, Scott, communication solves so many problems. I always try to be professional and absolutely polite, even when things are stressful. Yep, that's true. Mark, you need $25 an hour to just get by. That's horseshit. Um, I'm going to start the two-check billing I learned from Larry last weekend. That's Rocky. Did you hear my my business model I I suggested to Rocky? Uh Uh-uh. Were you around when I did that? I don't think so. Rocky was holding. He had a little seminar on on Friday night before the seminar, okay? All right, yeah. Um, you, you, you I, was I know gone. why you didn't hear it. You, you were I, in the room. I was dealing with issues. Listen, they, they, they sat out there, um, um, I mean, until way after midnight. Rocky had a table full of people, and they were just, uh, anyway, it kind of broke up a little bit there. I mean, it was spread out, and I, I ended up being in, in there, and we were talking about service. We're, you know, again, commodity versus, you know, uh, value added. And I was telling the story about how Chad Hone, would always follow up, you know, with, with, with me, me and everybody else after they, after he lined up their truck, he would wait a couple of days. He'd call them, you know, Hey, how's that truck? You know, how's that truck driving? You know, and I mean, who, who does that? Right. I mean, how many, how many mechanics call you two or three daters and go, Hey, how my work to turn out? Mm-hmm. So I told Rocky, I said, look, you know, is the, the, the kind of work you do, the kind of, you know, the kind of, uh, um, you know, service you guarantee and that sort of thing. I said, if I were you and I was, and I was doing your business, here's how I would do it. I'd go to a two check system. I'd have a check. You, you write a check for three fifty for me to, to do the alignment. That's what he charged for an alignment. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then three or four days later, if the, if the truck is doing everything that you expected to do, you send me, I'm going to cash the second check for three fifty. Now he just doubled his, his revenue for doing the same work because if, if he, if he fixes the truck, isn't it worth to pay double for it than to go to a, the, the computer alignment guys and buy one every two or three months and go through mm-hmm. tires and you get your alignment and you still tell I me mean, it would still save people money because they get the truck fixed and they wouldn't have to worry about wearing out tires. And he would get a, um, you know, a, a better pay for what he's doing, but, but it would be after he proves himself. That's what he's talking about. So. And, and one point, f- you know, everybody that everybody, you know, I get a lot of um, back in the day. I used to have a lot of photographers that would call me about, you know, they would they were like, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to retire, but I'm not sure. I don't, I, you know, and and so I would tell them, look, here's 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 how you, here's how you decide whether to do it or not. Okay, tomorrow go in and double your prices. Double your prices. If in 30 days that hasn't affected your business, double them again. You know. Why? Okay. Well, because there's this 80-20 rule, okay? It's out there. It's in every business, okay? You get 80% of your of your profit off 20% of your customers. Mm-hmm. I said, so here's one thing. One thing or other will happen is you, you'll now know it's time to get out, or you'll be making so much money you won't want to get out. But one way or the other, you'll, it, it'll, it'll make your decision for you. Mm-hmm. And I literally had a couple people that tried it, and I had a couple people that waited a year or two and tried it, and they said, I wish I'd done this a couple of years ago because I got rid of all the riffraff. The people that I didn't want to have to work with went away, and the ones I do work with, they didn't mind paying it. So that's the same theory I was using with Rocky: is do you know do business with people, people that want to be want to do business with you, not the jerks that you don't want to be do business with. So, 
Anyway, that was what that's about. So, so Mark on YouTube says there should be no truck driver, company driver making less than a hundred thousand dollars a year. It's simple math. I got a question for you. <clears throat> the Schneider driver that ended up in our parking lot last weekend that was that, and before I stopped him was getting ready to run over a $10,000 sign and probably do damage to the trailer. Does he deserve a hundred thousand dollars? Um, because I do, I have 26 to almost 27 years of experience. Um, I can command at least a hundred thousand dollars. If someone wanted me with my experience level, my knowledge, my history, my skill set. If someone wanted me to drive a truck for them, I absolutely, I'm, I'm minimum. I'm worth a hundred thousand dollars period. Okay. But I, I am absolutely inflamed and insulted when you tell me that a, that a one week driver is worth the same that I am, or Maybe there's somebody that somehow managed to live and, and, and stay alive for 25 years in trucking that is some useless slob that shits all over the parking lot and dr- drops their pee bottles everywhere and treats the customers like dirt and can't show up on time. You want to tell me that he deserves the same amount of money that I get? No. Nope. 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 Well, if you'll keep reading, Mark, uh, Mark has very... <laughs> He has a lot of socialist tendencies, okay? So, uh, and he's just trying to get, he's just trying to start some shit. So just ignore him. Oh, he's a, <clears throat> oh, he's a communist. Oh, okay, gotcha. He is. He <clears throat> absolutely. There's, there's not very many of those in trucking, you know? We don't, we don't run across them very much, you know? Jay Sand, Landstar won't sign me because I'm local. How do you feel about Schneider? Um, It's if, a trucking it depends company. on it's it the depends, same as all the rest of them. Right. But it depends on your objective. Okay. <laughs> if your objective is you want to get a year of OTR to be able to come to Landstar, get get a job anywhere. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you're saying, Well, I I I can't qualify for Landstar and I don't want to go do the OTR thing in order to qualify for Landstar, so Landstar's off the table. Um, I would want to work for a company with somewhere between 15 and maybe 50 or 60 trucks. That's what I would be looking for. Um, and, and, and to anyone who's maybe, maybe you're not interested in being an owner operator. You just want to maximize yourself as a company driver. Um, I would, I'd get the year, however you can get it, preferably without an automatic transmission restriction. Okay. Get the year, however you can get it. Um, and then move to a, a good small carrier, 15 to 50, 60, maybe 100 trucks, uh, or a small regional carrier that might have a 500. Um, and then step three is going to be specializing yourself somehow, um, whether it's white glove stuff in a van or tanker. Uh, I mean, these tanker companies will damn near pull you right off the street, you know, um, and, and train you. Uh, hell Zeke's been with, uh, gosh, oh, six years, you know, and he's probably making 90, 90, a hundred grand. And he's home every night. Um, uh, platform, you know, um, if you can learn to be the kind of platform guy that Phil is and get yourself a, a percentage deal, 
Um, I mean, they were talking in our platform message group about one load paying $17,000 from Texas to California. You know, you learn how to do that stuff and then get yourself on a percentage contract where you're getting a piece of the action. You know, you could easily make 100, 125 as a company driver. But it all comes down to making yourself more valuable and not having some arbitrary number that says, well, I, I mean, I, I suck wind. I've got a pulse and a CDL. So you, you, you owe me X number of dollars. Negative ghost rider. <laughs> Absolutely not. And our drivers are paid off a percentage, right? And when the market was up and we were doing $10,000 a week, um, the drivers got a piece of that. And now that it's down in the seven, $8,000 a week, the driver's getting the same piece. It's just a smaller, you know, but when you disconnect yourself from the market and, and you, and of course, when you, you know, you, you just bootlicker that worships the state and thinks that it's going to solve all your problems. And again, I ask, how is it the government is the, both the problem and, and the solution, you know, Oh, the FMCSA sucks. The FMCSA's got to do something. We call that cognitive dissonance. When you when you when you both believe when you believe that both the state the state is both the answer and the root of your problem, it, it's just it's a vicious cycle uh, and a and a and a terrible circle that you get yourself stuck in. Uh, Willie sh- Willie Nelson. Sure was fun to watch Rocky and his son straighten out trucks at the live event last weekend. He's truly a master of his craft and cares about doing quality work. I put a nine, almost nine and a half minute video on TikTok, um, which took some creativity on my part to take a whole inspection and alignment that took about two hours and condense it down to nine minutes and 50 seconds. But you get to see the whole process, you know, inspecting the kingpins, inspecting the bearings, checking the bushings, making sure that everything on that truck is right. Because if you don't do that, all right, and there's a couple of hundred beeline guys in the butthurt in the comment section because Rocky called them out. But if you're going and somebody's putting your truck up on turn plates and they're never checking your bearings, they're never checking your bushings, they're never checking your tie rod ends, the tie rod assembly and kingpins, back the truck off the plates. It's a waste of time. There's no point putting an alignment on a truck when the bushings are have left the chat. You got Bluetooth spring bushings. You'll 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 get it set up. They'll put it in the green, which are build specs, not performance specs, by the way. You know, the axle can be, literally be pointing either direction by the build specs. Your rear axles can be pointing to the right or pointing to the left, and that's within OEM spec. And then you drive down the road and everything is loose and wobbling. Your bearings are loose. Your bearings are shot. Your your bearings are loose. Your bushings are shot. Your tie rods are tore up. And you think that truck's going to hold an alignment. It's just nonsense. But he does a fantastic job explaining that. Uh, Scott, Chris, and Larry, how many test kits come with OPS? Truck already has 828,000 miles original. We run max mileage as time goes along. We'll be changing some things in our business. OPS is one thing. OPS starter kit comes with three filters and two sample kits. So you got one filter to put on when you install it, and then you'll have two filters and two kits to get you through your neck to basically for 50,000 miles. Well, people still arguing with Mark. 
Uh, Leonard, I sent a link about the risk of leasing to a young lady, but she was persuaded to sign a lease with Prime on a 2024 Pete 579. She has yet to pull a load solo. I got a lot of hate for it. Well, Leonard, don't ever argue with idiots. They'll drag you down to their level and beat you with experience. Uh, Jared, Rocky worked on my truck. One heck of a smooth ride. Yeah, it's listen. By the way, I was going to ask you, in 1.8 million miles on Metro, how many times did you have it aligned? I had it aligned once. I had Chad check it two other times. Okay. But it, neither time did it need, need an alignment. <clears throat> Mike Beck did that, first, that one alignment in the parking lot, by the way, with string and masking tape. <laughs> yeah. And my very first CMC. That's awesome. I'd love to see that. I need to get, I want to get, I need to get, and Rocky I, you know, to get that on I, video. When I replace, when I replace tires, <laughs> then when I replace tires a couple of times, I would go out and have Chad just look at, and he'd look at me and he'd go, you don't need me. Pull it out. So I'm going to hit some more. Now, I suspect it needs it now. <laughs> I'm going to hit some more comments. Except, I need you to refresh. I need you to refresh your page again. Uh, Stephanie, we enjoyed the conference this past weekend. Uh, it's, oh, it's Jonathan, Stephanie Staten. Yeah, we're glad to have y'all there. Um, Matthew, yeah, it's 12 7. Oh, we're talking about the bull gear for Matthew. Has a tick behind the front cover that's getting louder and louder. No performance problems. And they're saying it's not the bull gear. Um, well, I now I do know we had a truck, uh, truck 052. Uh, we went in for an oil leak that we thought was a head gasket and ended up being the front cover was loose, which is behind you know, the front covers, two pieces. And there's one half of that that's behind the bull gear and it was loose. So maybe, maybe that's part of it. Um, Leonard, I feel grateful to be getting 61 cents a mile with 26 months experience. Hell, I'd take that. I started at 23 in 1997. Um, Gaming trucker. We've been on routes at my job, but it's based on seniority, not production. Oh, I hate that. Um, yeah. Percentage, <laughs> Leonard, percentage pay separates the men from the boys. <laughs> well, I go back to what I said. You get paid for what you're worth. William Haynes, every single job is percentage-based. A business cannot survive paying out more than it breaks in. Well, that, that's, that's true. Uh, that's 100% true. And it's like we talked about with these warranties, you know, the, the, if the warranty company takes in $8,000 and spends $8,000 in one penny, they got a business. They have to spend less on repairs than they take in. That's, that's business 101. Y'all stop signing up for these warranties. They're useless. Just save money. Well, quit and quit using the word warranty. They're not a warranty. They're an insurance plan. Okay. Yeah. They should be called and, an insurance product. Like yeah, it's just insurance. It's mechanical and breakdown insurance. It's not a warranty at all. And, and I bet if we right. did the, the financial the analysis, the are not going to allow that, that to go. You know that that's not going to be allowed to go negative. Okay, so because the more they pay out, the more they're going to charge the people that are signed up after you. So I would um, I would bet. Here's a sorry question. Go ahead. I would bet that if you did a financial analysis on it, it's worse than whole life insurance. You know. Uh, in in the amount of money that you lose, <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. So, uh, 
Uh, Mr. Chris, do do I have to call the trailer utilization department every time I swap a Landstar trailer? They have it assigned to me. No, you do not. The agent should be doing that. But even if they don't, um, you well, I I guess he I guess he if the agent's not, I guess he could do that. Where do you see uh, that? That would keep him from uh, from it getting pulled out from under him because they don't think Christopher Robin is that on YouTube. You shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to do that. Um, the agent should. The, the agent assigns you a, a load, and the trailer number is correct. That load should. That trailer should be on you. And you can go to Lancer online and look and see if it's assigned to you, because um, it's going to be showing you with, with that trailer. You don't see it, Chris. It, it's. Um, um, we see the one about bidding on routes at my job based mm-hmm. on seniority. It's two down from that. Hmm. Mm. Still can't see it. Well, I'm scrolling. YouTube, not TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna refresh my TikTok. I think it died or something. I can't believe you can't see that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> you see the one that says percentage pay separates the men from the boys? Well, I did. I saw that one. Now I've lost it, too. You just read it. It's it's two up. It's two up from that. It's two back from that. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Uh, yep. Don't see it. Not there. That is strange. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Well, anyway, to answer your question, you should not have to do that. Uh, when you get a rate con from an agent, with if the trailer numbers on that rate con is the one you've got, you're good. And as long as you, as long as that, that's on the rate con, it should automatically update. Um, if if not, um, I tell you what, I'm going to be in Reno next week, and I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a announcement about Landstar One. Be you being able to, to verify your own trailer number. Um, that's in. That, I'm hearing that. The, you know, the birds and stuff flying by telling me that. So uh, that may change anyway. Hmm. <clears throat> That's weird. That stopped working. Yeah. Um, hmm. I wonder why that's. Yeah, David Thomas just said you can also sign another center or so. And you can do that, and uh, Chris. We can do that with the um, with the undelivered loads uh, tile, can't we? We should. <laughs> well, we should be. You should be able to do a status update. Um. But right. Um. Uh, it doesn't uh, necessarily always work. Jerry wants to know if your comment filter is on. He he doesn't uh, have many filters on. I can tell you that right now, Jim. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. What else we got to talk about? I'll tell you what it took me till about Thursday morning before I felt like I got up from being asleep at night that I had any sleep. Yeah, I'm I'm still uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just about back to normal. 
<laughs> there we go. Why do I have that? these things on TikTok now that I have to choose from? What are you talking mm -hmm. about? No, I, I had I had I, I had to make I had to make a, yeah I had to make a change, um, where I had you refresh and you came out and back. Okay. <sighs> oh, okay, got you. Hey, buddy, our drivers are reporting <clears throat> fuel mileage for the week, and they are fantastic. Seven point five, seven point five five, eight point one. I like that. Everybody that has to report week. their fuel mileage every week, <clears throat> and uh, so. The, the reports are coming in, and they look good for this week. 49 cent a mile, maybe 50 the, cent a maybe mile. The, uh, maybe the event was good for them. Maybe sitting there and having a listen <laughs> well, to that. Well, uh, um, did you see about this refinery fire in Louisiana? Did not. Apparently, Where would the, I see it at? Uh, I saw it on TikTok a while ago. It was the largest refinery in America. Mm -hmm. There was a fire. And they're talking about really? shutting down the whole refinery, um, which so I'm sure that'll be great for fuel prices. But hey, I'm surprised you saw all I've seen on TikTok is Trump's mugshot. <laughs> That's all I've so, seen on TikTok. Somebody, is Trump's mugshot. Somebody took that and, picture. And did you see? Did you see the the? Go ahead. Somebody took that picture and put like a like a black kind of filter over it. And it said, this is what my chicken chicken nuggets see at 3 a.m. from inside the microwave. <clears throat> I'm going to Did the... Did you see the entourage that he had? Oh, my god! Getting to it from the airport to the to the jail. I, it, there's like, must have been 30 or 40 motorcycle cops. A big, this big, all this entourage. I mean, it was as big as the, as the current president's, you know, um, whatever you call it, convoy would be, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. Breaking news. Emergency crews. I, 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 know you, I know you told me you didn't. All right. Emergency crews responded to a fire and leak at Marathon Petroleum in Garyville, Louisiana. God, fucking pop-ups. Uh, company tells WCU, uh, nap the release and fire at a storage tank. Da, 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 da. Oh, my God. These local news sta stations are just awful. Their 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 websites suck. Mandatory uh, mandatory evacuation been lifted. Fires under control. Um, but I, it sounds like they're going to shut that refinery down. Um, but that's that's going to. Um, listen, ain't ain't nothing hey, in trucking good, right now. That's a six dollar uh, diesel go up. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, we don't really have any truck any problems in trucking that six dollar a gallon fuel couldn't fix. Um, you know, you you give us absolutely. about uh, about no, ninety no, Mark, days. Now, Mark will not understand that one bit, but yeah, you give us about ninety days of six dollar a gallon fuel, and uh, and 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 everything in in the world will be yeah. right again. Um, that that fix the problem super quick. The birds will quit. The birds are quit shacking up with bees, and the dogs won't give me work, and cats will fight again. Everything will be be perfect, you know. Yep. Uh, did we? Are we going? Are there any female loads going to California? Are there? I don't think so, because as most as the as happens with most uh, weather events, it the whole thing was completely overblown. Um. One hundred percent. 
can't imagine. And, and, and I don't listen. I don't <clears> know. <throat> I don't know who's in charge of that space laser laser weather machine. Okay, but I looked at my phone. What is today? Friday. I looked at my phone Tuesday. You know, because I was gone all weekend. I couldn't mow. And I'm looking, and Wednesday and Thursday is supposed to be hotter than a devil's butthole. No rain in the forecast, okay? Um, supposed to be 97 degrees yesterday. Well, then I wake up in the morning, and I don't know if you saw this this weather radar image that started in Michigan and came down through Ohio, but it was about the freakiest damn thing i ever seen. It literally looked like there was a circular spinning motion on the radar in Michigan. And then all of a sudden, this hmm. massive line of storms comes out and it and expands and then begins to move southwest down into Indiana and Kentucky. Massive lines of storms. We didn't have a forecast of a drop in rain. <clears throat> so then yesterday, Thursday, I'm like, okay, well. That's gone. My grass literally grew another inch overnight, you know, because it had been dry for seven days and then rain. And then this morning about, I don't know, five, I wake up and I hear thunder. I'm like, what the hell? Where'd that come from? It was literally when I went to bed last night, 0% chance of rain on Friday, and it rained all damn day. So you you space laser, laser weather machine people, you're on my shit list, okay? Because I got to mow grass. I'm gonna need a baler maybe, by the time maybe, this shit's done. Maybe it wasn't thunder. Maybe, maybe it was what, what? What? Maybe it was a direct energy weapon. Oh, well, <laughs> then people are stirred up. Uh, Is there anything in West Virginia that would be a? <laughs> no, we don't. We only have meth labs. We don't have direct energy weapons. We just have meth labs. Um, but dude, the wildfires in Louisiana, wildfires in, uh. What you call it? Uh, Northwest in Oregon. Behind it. Uh, now, there was a guy, and this is interesting. Yeah. Well, and they, and they about, they about burned Canada down, didn't they? Yeah. <clears throat> well, there was a guy on TikTok. Um, they tried to run him out of his house, and he wouldn't leave. Uh, it was up in the Northwest. And he dug his own fire line mm -hmm. and saved his house. And I don't know if you saw that story too, but there was, and it was a, it was a national article that people in Hawaii that disobeyed the blockades lived and the people that let the cops mm -hmm. stop them from leaving died. Um, and it's just, it's two great yeah. examples that if you really want something to happen, mm -hmm. Disobedience is the absolute best tool yeah. that you have at your disposal. Because I'll be damned if some pirate is going to tell me that you. I've got to stay in a burning forest. Fuck <laughs> you. I, I, I got to tell you, they're, they're, doing, they're doing this big investigation about the Lahaina thing. And um, I, 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 as I understand it, the water was turned off and the electric was left on. Mm -hmm. yep. How much investigation oh, do you need to do? There's going to be... Heads are going to roll <clears throat> over all that. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I keep trying. To um, so Rocky said he is going to line some trucks next time with string and mask it to the parking lot. <clears throat> He's going to do that. So. Yeah, I'd love. To, I would love to see these. Well, I've seen it. <laughs> it's um, the goats for the grass. 
I have seen um oh what was I watching? Oh, Kevin Smith, uh as a YouTube channel. He builds race cars. And he built a like three hundred thousand dollar race car for Cletus McFarland. And this is a two hundred and twenty five mile an hour El Camino. And last step was alignment. <laughs> and there they were with fishing line, masking tape, and tape measures. And I'm like, hey, I've seen that somewhere before. Yeah. I've been yeah, I've had yeah. restream on my phone. Somebody earlier in the night, night but way, way back, uh was talking about uh should he buy Michelin tires or Bridgestone or Yokohama was asking about one one advice. <clears throat> I can tell you this. Don't don't let the brand influence you because Michelin makes a really good tire. They make a horrible tire. Mm -hmm. So I'd be more concerned about the model number and I do the research on for us, it, we're all about fuel mileage. So I would look, at, I would try to get the roll resistance on the tire. That'd be what made make my decision. Um, you mentioned something about cost. I certainly wouldn't let cost the tire influence your buying it because they, if it's a bad tire in, in terms of fuel mileage, you're going to pay every mile you have it as opposed to just paying up front. So um, my recommendation to whoever that was would be to uh, get out your, you know, Yokohama has a, has a, a site. So does Michelin where you can compare most of the, of the popular tire sizes and get the rolling resistance number off of it. And, uh, and just use that to make your decision with, you know, and I wouldn't worry about the brand whatsoever. Um, now, and usually you're going to find out that Michelin and Yokohama are probably going to be, um, the one, but since they're the only ones that really test tires, you know, they don't mind comparing theirs against others. The rest, we listen, we run into something, don't know what it is and don't even know how to find it. We, we, who was that company we saw at the truck stop that was going to, didn't know what it was. They were going to get back to us. I'm the truck show. I mean, you remember? Who, who, oh, double coin. Double remember coin. Us talking to him. They didn't know what rolling resistance was. Double, double coin. Well, I mean, are you not hearing me? Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were screwing with, there's a delay. <clears throat> There's when, a uh, when you speak you're you're like it, you're de it's a delay it's like we're it's like we're on two or three second delay from each other well we shouldn't be um because that 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 that's new um uh, why is that also for the first i mean i haven't noticed this before but when you talk the little green light in the corner that starts flashing well, that, that's on uh, on Ninja. Well, that's supposed to be that way, but for some reason, the, I've never noticed that before. It doesn't flash when I talk; only when you talk. <clears throat> and it's only in your picture, in your screen, not my screen. <clears throat> well, so yeah, this um, I, I finally this, got um, to the I finally got refinery. That, Refresh again. I think it's you, not me, but I will. All right. Can you hear me in real time now? Yes. Am I in real time? Yes. Okay. 
I was saying I finally got back to the comments. I had to go to the YouTube channel because the restream stopped working. And now I can see Christopher Robbins' comment. We have a super chat for four ninety nine from I Love KG. Um, on the warranty, what if we have a newer truck, the one box transmission or image or engine have an issue and it's $25,000 for the repair? Uh, I'm going to tell you the same thing I'm going to tell anybody else. If you buy a truck and you don't have the means or the capital to fund that truck's repairs, you don't need to have a truck. All right. I have watched with my own eyes trucks set for weeks, weeks, when they could have been fixed in a couple of days. I have watched um, uh, them set for weeks waiting on warranty approval. I saw one set for two months. So I'm just going to tell you from our experience of operating trucks that a warranty is a what'd you call it? A repair insurance plan is not worth Breakdown it. Insurance. Breakdown <clears throat> insurance. It's the, not the worth only, it. The only exception I would say that is if you're, if you're buying a truck and, and it has the remainder of the original, the OEM warranty on it and you're not paying for it. I mean, but it, I mean, there's no reason not to, not to get it. I mean, it comes with the vehicle. We never have that option because we're not going to buy a vehicle that's under warranty. Right. But if you're buying a newer vehicle and there's warranty <laughs> left on it, by all means, but to go, what, to, to buy a warranty for that truck, what's the price of it? And here's the big thing about warranties, okay? I don't care what it pays for. It's not going to pay you for sitting in the waiting room. So, um, you know, and, and it, may, it may look like it was worth it for this one repair, but over the life of the truck, I, I guarantee you it won't be. You know, when you, especially if you add in the lost revenue. Um, and we also have, we know for a fact that since warranty work is 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 paid by a, a flat rate manual from the factory, <clears throat> people don't like to work on them because they they can charge you whatever they want. Under warranty, they can only get paid so much, and because of that, you're, you're going to get pushed to the back of the line. Nobody's going to want to work on the damn truck. And then on top of that, what if the parts aren't available, especially in the one box deal? Okay, mm-hmm. and oh by the way, these one boxes can be repaired now. They don't have to be replaced for twenty five thousand dollars. All right. Right. So um, get a hold of DPF alternatives and they can, they may be able to repair it for you. So uh, we're not big, we're not big fans. I mean, it's just, again, it's just running the numbers. It's just a numbers game. It's all it is. It's, uh, it's intriguing because there's expensive stuff on there that, uh, that's expensive to, to, to fix. But, like I say, if as long as you're not getting paid for your downtime, which you're not going to be, uh, there's no incentive for them to push you. To, we Chris was Chris was um, was dispatching a guy, and we've told the story. Probably I'll let him tell it. But we, you know, the long story is he went to get the as a, he bought a warranty. Mm-hmm. He went to get the warranty to cover his clutch. First of all, no, they told no, him that no, he didn't have the clutch no, and had no, no you've idea where they were going to get one. You got it backwards. No? Oh, you, you tell it. You tell it. So, you tell he, it. well, he went in for a clutch. That's not uncommon. Right. He called me on a Monday morning, 5 a.m. Um, hey, my clutch went out this morning. And uh, I'm like, okay. So Monday afternoon, they say, we don't have the clutch. We can't get the clutch. Unknown. 
ETA. I made three phone calls. The first guy didn't answer. The second guy said he was too busy, gave me the number for a third guy that was a mobile mechanic, called the third guy. Now, before I made those three phone calls, I'd made one more, and I had called a guy that I know at a dealership, and he gave uh, he gave me the part numbers. He gave me the OEM, the aftermarket, and the alliance part numbers. He told me how many were in the PDCs, the, the parts distribution center, whatever, for Freightliner system, and they were in the hundreds, okay, which means any Freightliner dealer could have had it the next morning if they didn't have it on the shelf. So then I made those three phone calls. I get the third guy on the line who's a mobile mechanic, and he says, well, let me call and see if I can rent a space to do your clutch in. I'll call you back. Okay, great. This is Tuesday. Um, he called me back. Hey, I've got a space. They, they towed the truck from the dealership to his rented space, and the truck was hauling freight Friday morning, $3,000 less than what the dealership had quoted him. And, oh, by the way, he went into the dealership that said they didn't have the clutch and bought the clutch off of their shelf. Okay. That's like October, November of last year. Then about January, first, third, second, third week of January, he's on a load in Mississippi. Truck hits, breaks down, hits shoulder. Towed it into Macomb Diesel, Macomb, Mississippi. They had it diagnosed in a couple of days. Something had come apart in the front cover of the Cummins, tore up a bunch of gears, $12,000 repair, okay? Now, this guy had bought this, uh, what's it called, uh, warranty uh, that they sell? NTP. NTP. NTP warranty, $8,000. Landstar settlement deducts it, but it's eight grand. Okay, about three weeks or so goes by, and I haven't heard any. And I, look, all I am is a dispatcher. Guys just pay me to book his loads, right? Um, but but I'm concerned about him, you know. So I send him a text message. Crickets, don't hear anything. And I'm like, okay. So another, I want to say three or four weeks went by. We're at the seven, eight-week mark, and I'm cleaning off my desk, and I find the phone number for that service manager down at Macomb Diesel. And the curiosity just got a hold of me. And so I called him. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I'm a fleet manager, and uh, you had my guy in there. He goes, oh, yeah, he's still here. Really? He goes, yep. Just got the approval from the warranty company yesterday. Eight weeks later. Now, at first, they had denied the claim, chicken and egg kind of deal, which broke first, right, and they tried to get out of it. But he fought for his customer, and he got the repair approved. It was $12,000. The warranty company was going to pay eight. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And the, and the truck owner had to pay four. And I said, well, let me ask you this question. Are the parts readily available? He goes, oh, yeah, this, this is a known issue on Cummins. We keep them on the shelf. I said, if he'd have had money and he just paid the bill, how, how quick would you have had that truck running? He said, well, you know, I got it diagnosed, but then I had to pull it out for a week because all my shops were busy, but then I could have had him run in a couple days. So that truck could have been down about 10 days, and instead it was down for eight weeks. Plus, now that was the last contact that I had. Uh, I still haven't heard from the driver. So, I mean, every every indication that we have is that he's out of business now. Um, we think probably the truck got repossessed in the time that it sat there, not making any money. 
And so I just figured up eight weeks with me dispatching him, looking at his average weekly revenue. He lost about $35,000 in potential revenue sitting in that dealership. So no, absolutely not. You can take your warranty and you can shove it straight up. Well, you can use your imagination. Uh, TikTok question, Andy. This is a good one, by the way. Buy fuel by the load. Real question. Huh? I said it says real question. Yeah. Buy fuel by the load or fill her up. Um, Andy, the question is neither. That's the answer to the question. It's neither. Um, You're going to buy fuel based on how much the fuel costs. And you're going to do that by subtracting the IFTA. And remember, this starts more flights than Budweiser. But you don't ever buy fuel anywhere based on IFTA. And you don't ever buy fuel when you need it. You buy fuel when it's cheap. The other day, we ran out of milk. And the youngest human resource wanted some milk. Well, it was drive 20 minutes to the store or drive a mile and a half to the quick stop. So I went out to the quick stop and I got a half a gallon of milk for a dollar more than I would normally pay for a whole gallon of milk. That's what happens when you don't buy fuel correctly. And we have demonstrated and illustrated, and we've got the receipts to prove it, that if you buy fuel correctly, it can be a five to $10,000 net gain in your business profit if you'll just change where and how you buy fuel by only paying by or by only looking at the actual cost of the diesel. So if you're in a discount program, you obviously need to remove your discount. We're at Landstar, so we subtract the Landstar discount. And then we're going to subtract the IFTA, and we're going to buy the fuel where it's cheapest. All these people that don't know how to use a calculator and have no common sense or critical thinking skills that say, well, don't ever buy it in Pennsylvania. Generally speaking, Pennsylvania is one of the best places to buy fuel. Because when you subtract it. Fuel should be considered an inventory. Uh, People that buy it based on their load, that's a cash flow indication. You know, they, they only want to buy what it takes to deliver this load because they don't have money to, to take advantage of the fact that they just went through the, a place that's, that feels going to be cheapest there and they're going to run into for two or three days. So <clears throat> you have to understand that um, there's, there's an advantage for buying a commodity, uh, an inventory item at the lowest possible price. It's not like it's going to go bad, you know? And if you wait to buy it when you need it, you have no choice but to buy it wherever you are. Yep. If you buy it every time you pass it and you look down and go, shit, this is, this is cheap today. And you stay stocked up. You're never going to ever need it. And you're always going to buy fuel on, you know, we use kind of Costco and 7-Eleven as the extremes. Why buy milk at the 7-Eleven when you can buy it at Costco and you drive by Costco every day you know, you buy, you run, but you buy, buy, buy hundreds of Costco's every day. You just don't know because you're not aware of what the fuel prices are. Now, if you're not at Landstar, which probably you aren't, you have to find a way to find out what the fuel prices are. And there, and there, there are apps and there are websites out there that you can use to find out what fuel cost is on your route. 
and um, and then you just have to do a little trip planning. But it it's a it's a five ten fifteen thousand dollar difference between buying fuel for a hundred thousand miles a year properly and then buying it by what somebody's telling you to do by one load at a time. Um, so uh, it's uh, it 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 you just have to understand. Again, you go back to the economy of scale things. If it was if you're driving a a, a, a you know a, a, a I don't know, a little car that didn't use much, it wouldn't matter. You know, my best friend always, he's always on, Hey, did you see what, what gas costs today? Oh, like, that's my dad. I buy hundreds of thousands of gallons a year. Okay. I could give a rat if, it, if, if, if it's a penny, the, the economy of scale is such that you spend so much money on fuel costs, how much you use that the price makes a big difference, you know? And so understanding that that strategy is worth the trouble to find it and the trouble is going to be, you're going to have to find an app or a, a website that you can look at that number one will remove the EFTA. That's the number one thing. And number two is fairly accurate as far as what the fuel costs are today, where you are, where you're driving. Um, we've got one, I think it's called find cheap fuel stop. What's it called? Find, find cheap fuel, fuel stops.com. Find, find fuel stops.com. That's what we used before. Landstar came out with their wonderful app that does it for us. So you could you could go there. It's not an app. It's it's web based. You got to go on the web website and look at it. But and I'm sure there are others. Uh, but that's what you need to do, Mr. Andy. So hopefully that answered your question. <clears throat> if it does, we have a whole episode on IFTA because IFTA. If you don't understand what IFTA is, you'll never understand the strategy. Right. One of our early episodes in the early '50s is all about. That. So <clears throat> we probably ought to do an, we probably ought to do an updated version with better graphics. <laughs> well, um, your internet just keeps getting worse and you're getting further and further behind and your video's frozen about 85% of the time. It's been an hour and 50 minutes. Um, I think we're going to shut her down and, uh, we're going to have to call what you call them, get them back out to your house. Cause your internet is terrible. Um, <clears throat> Uh, you sure it's me? Or sure it's a, oh, one hundred percent. Because I've got a signal graph on the on video on this side, and mine's <clears> green <throat> and yours is red. So yeah, it's one hundred percent you. Um, hmm. Okay. So anyway, well, um, <clears throat> now pr- couple programming notes. Um, By the way, I won't be here. I won't be here next Friday night. Right. So I'm going to be working on getting a guest. So if y'all have any suggestions on who I should try to track down. I might, I might venture into my new <clears> friends <throat> in freight X over on Twitter and see if I can get somebody. Um, we could end up having a couple of Saturday night podcasts in September and October because volleyball season is upon us. And, uh, I have been roped and railroaded and voluntold that I'm going to be doing some volunteer work at some of these, uh, volleyball games. And those are on Friday nights. So, just a programming note that we could have some Saturday night broadcasts when I get roped into being volleyball dad. Um, anyway, so Larry, okay. Larry will be in uh, Reno next oh, week. That's prime time. Yeah. Uh, and if, and if Larry makes it back no. from Reno alive, uh, he will be back with us on the, uh, probably on the eighth. 
Um, and then on the 22nd, I will be in mm-hmm. Gatlinburg for a volleyball tournament. So I might find a guest for Larry. And y'all can y'all can have fun with that. So Yeah. Why don't you just find a replacement for Larry instead? How's that? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I could, but you're the you're the darling. You're the darling of the barn. You're the darling of the internet. So, oh yeah. All right, no, I'm the rant. I'm the all I do is rant. Okay, all I do. Here's a good idea from. I don't have my glasses on. Un momento, por favor. Phase shutter. How about you put on a few drivers interested in your program as your guest for next week? Uh, or or get Anique back on. Everybody loves her. Um, that might not. Maybe I because I could I could put a couple of our drivers on here. Maybe maybe get Jared and Evan. Barb Barb would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, let them talk. They about said their drivers shit. interested in our program. Well, I, where are they at? You know, uh, you're gonna have to find me their contact information. Well, you could you could get. Well, now that we're on Twitter, go find us on Twitter. It's at B- BRLS Lunatics. Um, or send an email. If you are God, if you're I interested. Swear, I swear I'd never be on Twitter. If you're interested in being uh, maybe on the show next week, send me an email or send me a, a link on the on, send me a tweet on the Twitter. Uh, which I get I don't know what we're gonna call it once it Twitter goes away and it's just X. Um, but anyway. Well, well, isn't, it that, isn't it that way now? Isn't it just X? Well, it is. I, every time I see it, it's X, formerly known as Twitter. It is. But everybody still sends tweets. So we, I'm going to tweet you. Uh, they tweeted. You know, we, have, we haven't changed the, the Urban Dictionary yet. But anyway, I will be back with you next Friday night. Larry will not. He'll be up to God knows what in Reno. And hopefully he's going to go out there and get Landstar straightened <laughs> out while he's out there. So, um. With that, yeah, I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna fix Landstar. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that, I'm gonna bid y'all good evening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Be safe. Sorry about the video tonight.